We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What has the opening five weeks of the NFL season done to the Zero RB universe? Does it still exist? How is it going? What is it looking like for the rest of the season? And not just Zero RB, we are looking at the rest of season rankings for all running backs. So I'm looking forward to going into this with Sean today. Sean posted the article earlier this week up on rotaviz.com, which you can check out if you haven't done so already. If you're signing up over at rotaviz.com, you can use the promo code RVRADIO2023 at checkout to get yourself a 10% discount off a Rotoviz NFL pass. Sean, we are five weeks through the season. A lot has changed. There will be movement as we look through these rankings. There'll be some of the names that we would be expecting to have at the top of the charts, I guess. So they will be there. It's going to be fun to go through. There'll be some players as well that have missed some time with injury that are right back in the mix heading into NFL week six they'll be featured as well so I guess as we start off midpoint of the season what were some of the challenges looking into ranking these the entire basically running backs of the NFL over 40 names in this list Sean in terms of well it goes all the way down there's 73 names in total but they are broken down individually to a, a certain point to about 45 names and what were some of the challenges looking big picture for the rest of the season yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's very easy to rank running backs at this point because you've got five weeks worth of scoring. You know what their current ranking is. You know what their current uh, expected point profile is. You know both what the offense is generally doing in terms of creating a certain size of pie, and then you know the slices of that pie that are going out to different players. And you can kind of balance those types of concerns. Certainly, there are going to be a lot of offenses where we would expect them to be more or less normal nfl offenses and so if they have created extra expected points to the running back position to this point you're saying well that's going to kind of go back to the pack if there are offenses like the miami dolphins for example which we know are not normal nfl offenses you might continue to expect them to create both a little bigger pie but then also the efficiency the fantasy points over expectation element is going to be greater you know, it's not going to be at the level it's been to this point, but you wouldn't expect them to be normal or, or negative over the second half of the year, obviously. At the same time, you're trying to 
look at how things might change and who is going to emerge, maybe who's going to fall by the wayside. And you want to do that from a perspective that is evidence-based as opposed to just maybe continuing to fade the same guys, continuing to be excited about the same guys. You don't want it to be a biased look at it. And so then there's that question of, well, how do I take the evidence that we have so far and work that through in a way, again, that's as unbiased as possible? Colin, I've attempted to do that. We're going to throw some of the rankings and tiers out there today. I'm going to give you a shot to tell me where I have messed up. That is always a fun part with it. But one of the things I did here, as you mentioned, for really, I think the top 60 backs, I give a key stat for them. And so we have so many of the different tools in play. Got the advanced stat explorer. We've got the strength of schedule streamer. A lot of S's in here, Colin. We got the NFL pace tool. We've got the road of his screener. We've got the weekly stat explorer. So much cool information that you can find on the site. And then certainly, if you don't want to find it yourself, we've distilled a lot of it for you in the key stats. Colin, tier one, Christian McCaffrey. He's there by himself. Any uh, any complaints about him at the top? No complaints. Uh, he's just going to the moon. We did a bold prediction show, Sean, before the season. I can't, I'll have to go back and listen. And I remember at the time tonight, I didn't have a bold enough prediction with Christian McCaffrey being you know the highest touchdown scoring running back. But I think we should have just went and said 30 touchdowns for, for Christian. So lots more touchdowns coming his way for the rest of the year. That's what I like to hear. Have some McCaffrey exposure. If you've got McCaffrey exposure right now, you are pretty happy with how the 2023 season is going. Colin, the next closest thing to Christian McCaffrey is a rookie, is a running back over there with the Atlanta Falcons, Bijan Robinson, number two. And I mean, he is averaging 7.8 receiving EP. That's second best at the position. For his rushing peripherals, 22% evasion rate. That's number five at the position. We know that the Falcons want to emphasize the run. That's a positive. He has the number one ranked remaining schedule. I mean, that's a, a pretty good quartet of points in your favor. Number three, Austin Eckler scores 26 points in week one. Joshua Kelly has been awful without him averaging almost a touchdown's worth of fantasy points below expectation per game, not overall, but per game. The new Chargers offense with their coordinator swap this season has looked good, not great, but has room to grow, especially if you have Austin Eckler back, Robinson two, Eckler three, any changes you would make to those guys and should anyone else join them in tier two? I don't think so. I think those guys are pr- closer to Christian McCaffrey, I think, than they are to tier three. I think they're maybe a 1B. Um, and you mentioned the case there for Bijan. I think all of that with a rookie player looking to ascend. The, the, some people, I'm sure, will have Austin Eckler over Bijan. And I think that's also fair. But we're splitting hairs at that point. So both, both of those guys getting into tier two is, is fair and i'm very excited to see what eckler does in the offense the rest of the way here obviously you mentioned how much his kind of counterparts have struggled in the role without him there and the other part of that is you know no mike williams there for the rest of the season hopefully quentin johnson comes on but should be as much work as austin eckler can handle and i know Bijan robinson is electrifying so far we've been so impressed with him but i, I think Eckler is the closest to that Christian McCaffrey workload and offensive situation um, from the two of those guys. So you're going to go Eckler first. I like that. Tier three, 
Kenneth Walker at four, Travis Etienne at five, Jonathan Taylor at six, Brees Hall at seven. Those obviously four players we invested very heavily in preseason. And for them to be in tier three, I think you've got to be excited about, even though Jonathan Taylor and Brees Hall have not done too much to this point, Jonathan Taylor, almost nothing, but ready to light the world on fire. Now, Brees Hall, a couple 70 yard runs, but otherwise disappointment in the Jets offense. Colin, the key stat for Kenneth Walker, he ranks number five in broken tackles and number one in forced missed tackles despite having already spent a game on the bye. He scored a lot of touchdowns. You'd love to see that. Travis Etienne, he leads the league in broken tackles with 12 and is tied with Walker for the total tackles evaded. So that's broken tackles and forced missed tackles together. He ranks third in yards after contact. And you and I did a show on this earlier in the week talking about how it's really not ideal that the Jaguars are forcing him to create that much of the contact, or I should say that much of the yardage, after contact but 267 he trails McCaffrey and Derrick Henry in yards after contact when you're looking at a guy who is a speed back for him to also be doing that you know when he's having to deal with so many defenders I think that that part is impressive I think that we could see an even better season going forward from him so four five six seven is that the order are those the guys should there be anybody else in tier three with them I would be tempted to put a name that's in tier four and with those guys, Sean, based on, unfortunately, the uh, Asian injury, and that would be Raheem Mostert, I think, his position in that offense. I think the Brees Hall part, again, we're concerned about that offense and how it's going to work moving forward. So there's some concerns, but Mostert, I think, is set up here in a pretty good position. Jeff Wilson is obviously on his way back, but I think both of those are going to, to get points on a weekly basis. So I might put him towards tier four um interesting as well we mentioned players who have missed time both Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor missing time really set up in good spots as we move forward here the rest of the season Taylor obviously now with a quarterback change with Gardner Minshew in there I think Travis Etienne Sean if they started to use him similar to how the Dolphins are using their backs I think you know there's there's so much more being left on the the table here with with Etienne and, and how he is putting up his points I think Kenneth Walker is an interesting one, and I agree with you on his ranking. But you know, on the social media side of things, I, I feel like a lot of people aren't really seeing what Kenneth Walker is doing when he's out there and how he's looking when he's playing. I think sometimes when we've looked at the box score, maybe it isn't as impressive as the plays he is making. And I think people think that Charbonnet is going to really start to cut into that workload. I, I don't really feel that same way, and I'm excited for him the rest of the season. The order, Sean, again, splitting hairs is fine, but I, I would bump Mostert up from from Tier 4 to Tier 3. Would you move him ahead of any of those four backs? No. Potentially Brace, but that would break my heart. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be unfortunate, but I could easily see it happening. The offensive context is going to make a huge a fun difference. fun question, Sean, for you. If HN hadn't got injured, obviously Mostert wouldn't be this high, and I wouldn't be making that point forward, but if... Etienne had stayed healthy and wasn't missing a minimum of the next four weeks. Is he up in, is he as high as tier two? I think you still put him in tier three because you're going to have to share time with both Mostert and probably Jeff Wilson. You, you just simply can't do what he has been doing that frequently. And yet, yeah, I mean, you definitely put him there in tier three because you've got the perfect offense. You've got the perfect player, the skill level, and one of the things that I just really didn't see from him at Texas A&M is the decision-making at the second level 
to create these big plays. There was a lot of straightforward running. Some of that, you just you know, think back to what they were doing and say it just wasn't nearly as good <laughs> as what the Dolphins do. Now, that's also the case for basically all of the NFL offenses. So uh, you, you have a little bit of that conflict, but his ability to make guys miss when he's not at full speed. I mean, certainly when you're running that 4-3, and people don't have the angle. That's one thing. But the moves he's made at the second level to get him into that space that has been based on his own agility and lateral quickness, that part I think you can't underestimate either. Again, you're not going to be able to break all of those plays going forward. And so the fact that you're in a timeshare is problematic. And yet, I mean, we just we haven't seen anything like it maybe since Barry Sanders. And that includes players like a Jamal Charles, like a CJ2K. Now, those guys did it a lot more, and so... So now it's not enough that he's the next CJ2K. He ha- he's moved on to be the next Barry Sanders. Is that yeah, where we're going, Sean? Yeah, he, he, we're going big. We're going big. We're hoping that he only misses four weeks and he comes back and he looks good. I think that you could move Kenneth Walker to the bottom of that tier if you're not as concerned about or excited about the fact that he's already had his buy. That's a little bit of a thing we're looking at here, too, because part of this is a template for if you're trying to work through the nuance of redraft trades that are tricky. And, you know, we think through what we're doing with our Dynasty Reanimator series, where we are with our team that loses Justin Jefferson, but has Mostert. So you get that value. How do you move these teams into a position to get buys? How do you make them as powerful as you can to win a title? Ben Gretchen and I just did a Stealing Bananas episode on that. If anybody wants to think through like the pure trade aspect of it. But Colin, you and I are looking at it here from the perspective of rankings, tiers, looking at very specific players. We get into tier four. I've got David Montgomery, the aforementioned Mostert, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Swift, and Saquon Barkley. This is actually a really strong group of players as well. David Montgomery, number two in green zone carries, number one in green zone touchdowns, tied for that. Despite having missed a game with an injury, you have obviously made the case for Mostert with Tony Pollard. He's only scored on two of his 16 carries inside the 10 this year. You would expect that to improve, but his evasion rate has fallen from 22% to 3.7% year over year. I mean, just like the case with Ramondre Stevenson, you don't really think that somehow his talent has evaporated. Some of that is just going to be noise. It's going to be randomness. It's going to be luck. But what Mike McCarthy has done to the offense is certainly discouraging And right now he's sitting at 11.3 rushing expected points per game. I don't really think that that part of it is sustainable for a back with his profile, especially when his direct backup is a solid player and especially when the offense looks that bad. And so a little bit of a concern there, Josh Jacobs, 5% broken tackles two not 2.9 yards per carry. The playmaking is gone. And yet, He's jumped to the league lead in running back receptions with 23. And so even though he's played really poorly, he's sitting there at running back 10. So I think that you could actually call him a buy low, maybe my ranking of 11. Again, we got some guys coming back who've been injured. And so they would jump ahead of him. But I think that that, you know, if you're a Jacobs enthusiast, I mean, you're trying to buy as many shares as you can right now. You love his role in the passing game. DeAndre Swift, folks know about his yards before contact brilliance, but also week five almost the ep double double you'd like to see him getting involved in the passing game which happened in that contest and then saquon barkley the 27 point game column i mean it came against the arizona cardinals and so that part is probably in some ways less relevant than just how bad the giants offense has been overall 
he was fantastic in that though i i know it was against the cardinals but like that looked as close to the old saquon barkley as i've seen and yet now he's hurt seasons. yeah and so and, you so know the guys are going to have to come back and the old, i mean these guys with the, the ankle injuries version. yeah i mean you're not going to be 100 percent. do you think he deserves to be in there with the rest of that group where do you like deandre swift how does tier four look to you swift is the other player that i would have uh made a pitch for i didn't want to give away all of tier four before we got there but i think that he is very close for me to making it into that tier three um he really is making that backfield his own in terms of being the go-to guy and uh i think with the eagles offense we're kind of similar in our conversations with them and the miami dolphins as to how they're trying to set players up to be in the best position to succeed i I really could see tony pollard bouncing back as well so i I think this is really a tier of players who have either really improved as the season has gone along in terms of making a case that they are the lead back and obviously most is more true injury but as the season has gone on he he has been a superstar in his own right Uh, but david montgomery has really made the most of his opportunities he's getting a lot of opportunities but he's he's made the most of those josh jacobs hasn't made the most of his opportunities pollard hasn't made the most of his barkley obviously true injury hasn't made the most of his and, and swift has made the the most of his opportunities so I, I think i would be pushing swift right up there to kind of the eight or nine spot probably put him just ahead of david montgomery and i would have mostered in the the tier above so i think i would have him at running back eight barkley sean you made the point that the injuries may be the problem that that holds him down uh, I think based on the 27 point game and how good he looked in that, I, I was so, we were actually going against him in the main event that week, Sean. One of the reasons I had such a close eye on him in the live action, but watch it then on, on the replay. And he looked explosive on his touchdown plays, on, on the other opportunities he had. But yeah, the, the injuries are back again to haunt him. So agree with the players in there. There's none of the players I'd be dropping down into to tier five in that list, but Mostert and Swift are pushing on the door and i have to give a shout out to david montgomery but i do think although dan campbell's conversations this week in his press conferences haven't really sounded like they're desperate to give jamar gibbs a huge amount of work they feel like david montgomery is the guy that deserves those 20 carries a game and then you have the second guy come in and, and that's not the way we want to see it as fantasy managers but the team seems to really really believe in montgomery as well so positive signs for him moving forward here this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Well, I know from personal experience and currently using the BetterHelp service that I put off starting therapy for many years until early 2023 when I started therapy with BetterHelp. And for a long, long time, I didn't know all the things that were holding me back subconsciously, consciously. But with my therapist, I've been able to come up with positive coping skills and being able to understand why I felt the way I did about certain things, certain situations, helping me to understand, accept, and enhance my life and my day-to-day experiences. If you're thinking of 
starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. I was matched with my therapist. We clicked straight away and we've got on fantastically. But if there's any reason you'd want to switch therapists, you can do so anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash rotoviz today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash rotoviz. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So tier five, we're still in the range that we're getting some sexy names, some guys who could go off for big, big performances. At number 14, I have Kyron Williams. From week two to week five, he's averaged 73% of the team's rushing attempts, 21 ops per game. You start to get to 20 and above, and those guys are getting all the work they can possibly handle. He's tied for the league lead in short yardage rushing touchdowns. But he's averaging below four yards per carry behind an offensive line that doesn't grade well. He's only hauled in 13 of his 24 targets. That's obviously not all on him, but shockingly low numbers when you think about the expectation for running back catch rate. Number 15, Aaron Jones. The big question there is health, and yet A.J. Dillon has been so bad that I really think that if this Packers team has aspirations for the playoffs, and I would assume that they do, that Aaron Jones is going to have to be more involved once they get him healthy than he has been in recent seasons. That part for me makes him 
a fairly exciting player. If you got a full workload, you'd be looking at a lot of fantasy points there. Derrick Henry, 277 the yards. The problem just on Aaron Jones, I know you're going to give me an opportunity to go through these, but he can't seem to get healthy is the problem. And he came back and played, and then a week and a half later, he's out again, whether that was mismanaged by the medical staff, whether he picked up you know, a strain in the game after the game throughout that week. That feels like that's something that's going to linger season long. I know we talked about Barclays a second ago, but quite a bit of, as a Packers fan, quite a bit of concern about Jones getting back to 100%. So you think the injury risk is not fully appreciated in this ranking? Uh, the, the part I was going to say when you go through the rest of them is this is the tier where the excitement for players with upside maybe starts to weigh in a little bit. Um, I, I probably would have them a little bit lower than this, so yeah. Derek Henry, behind a bad offensive line, and shockingly splitting time almost 50-50 with Tyshay Spears, still number two in yards after contact that's total yards after contact he's playing well but the situation is probably very poor from a fantasy perspective so he falls to rb16 from where he was preseason 17 alvin Kamara has come back i believe that in two weeks he's got 16 catches for 50 receiving yards the 16 catches are great on ppr leagues (laughs) the other part of that emphasizes where Alvin Kamara is now. It emphasizes where that New Orleans Saints offense is now. Maybe some disconcerting things there. Number 18, James Cook. And then I have another tier break. James Cook, a guy who I think we're still going to get some big games from. If you didn't check out Blair Andrews' wrong read last week and you had a close start-sit call, went the wrong way, he's got some great information on how those games are going to play out and warn yep. you maybe to get off of cook there anybody in that tier that you'd move down completely to the next level i think i would probably move jones down and i do have concerns with henry as the season goes on that i don't think it's a case that we're going to get Tyje spears taking his role but i think that it's already pl- pretty even in terms of how they're using him and i think that that at this point is not a good sign for henry uh, for the long term and also the offensive side of things i'm interested with the kamara obviously getting a huge amount of targets but not, not very valuable targets at that as you mentioned 16 catches for 50 total yards so that will come but i'm i'm interested to see what uh Kendry miller can do to work into kamara kamara's workload over the next kind of four weeks or so and so Camara went 312 in our resurrection draft. That gives you a little bit of a feel. He was the only player from this tier who was drafted in the third round. Now, granted, it was the last pick in the third round. A lot of their guys drafted early to mid four. But I think that if you stashed Camara and you have a variety of things that you can do, you need to maybe move that value in a different position. He's a guy who you can probably move for more than at least column and i think he is actually worth getting into tier six number 19 jameer gibbs has some great peripherals but a lot of those were actually generated in the very first week hasn't been as impressive since then he does still look like a guy who could score through the air i mean one of the things here only has a 58 52 edge in routes over montgomery but a 19 to 9 target edge he also has air yards they've used him down the field a lot of the running backs really don't generate any of those as we go through the season because they're being targeted exclusively behind the line of scrimmage. It's not necessarily good or bad, but it does add a little bit of flexibility. If you can make some of those plays, it gives him a role. 
the bigger thing here is you're looking at him as another one of these guys with an Aaron Jones where injuries could really limit his ability to stay there, much less move up. Number 20, Isaiah Pacheco, 52% snaps, 26% team opportunity share. 100% high knees on his runs. He's got high knees, got high knees. Yeah, I mean, you want to be flexible, you want to get yourself ready there. Number 21, Jerome Ford over the last two weeks, only 5.2 rush expected points. He's getting hit at or behind the line of scrimmage. Only the Texans, Titans, and Steelers are generating fewer run block points earned per play. So thinking about EPA, breaking it down, assigning points to individual units. That's one of the stats that you can get with us there in the advanced team stat explorer. The offense a real concern for Jerome Ford. People love the opportunity. I like the opportunity. I wish I had him on all teams. Certainly not saying that we don't like Ford, but he's probably a guy who is at least a little bit overvalued when you think through the context. The next guy on the list, number 22, Jalil McLaughlin. Call him. Controversy here, Sean. Controversy. I guess as someone who has a decent amount of Javante Williams and still expects Javante Williams to have a good season, I do think there's a real threat there. You've got speed, and this is a team that needs electricity. Number 23, Brian Robinson. Talked in the key stat about how he's been game scripted out of two games already in five that is an issue for him there washington has played the fourth most offensive snaps when trailing by a touchdown or more and they have the highest pass rate among teams in that game environment unfortunately those are going to be antonio gibson snaps we want sam howell to lead some extremely effective early game drives and for that washington defense to play a little bit better Damian Pierce doesn't have an RB1 performance through five weeks. The Texans have the second highest percentage of blown blocks in the running game. It's crushed his fantasy points over expectation. Number 25, Jalen Warren. The Caesars have actually 229 points while tied or trailing. Not high enough. (laughs) Warren, 2.3 yards per route. Najee Harris, 0.6. These two guys have actually run routes at a fairly similar rate but i mean warren is just much 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 better right he ranks number one in both broken tackles and forced missed tackles as a receiver among all running backs we saw that in week five where some of the biggest plays in the entire game the plays that allowed the steelers to stay close were i mean these weren't just highlight runs these were hero runs from Jalen Warren, when he caught the ball out of the backfield, look for him to be more involved, look for Najee Harris to continue to slide. Jeff Wilson, 26. Last season, after he came over in week nine, he and Raheem Mostert used almost exactly the same. He had an edge of 259 to 253 in total snaps. He's going to be less expensive. That's the reason that we added him. Call three of the last five players right there we drafted in our resurrection draft. So these are some guys in this tier six where i do feel fairly comfortable making at least mild flag plant projections for them rest of season number 27 tajay spears check out the stats here when you get a chance go to the article he maybe has the best rushing profile of any back in the entire nfl whose name is not devon achan number 28 javante williams number nine Ramondre Stevenson have some interesting stats there. We're desperately hoping that 
like all of his talent hasn't somehow desperately, vanished. Desperately, desperately, Sean. We are we are desperately hoping. Thirty Achan. People know the situation there. Thirty-one Alexander Madison. The reverse FPOE leaderboard column through five weeks. This is Miles the one you Sanders, don't want to be on, Sean. This is the one you don't want to be on. Miles Sanders minus twenty-two. Joe Mixon minus twenty-one. Damian Pierce minus eighteen. Madison minus eighteen. Josh Jacobs minus 17 and a half. AJ Dillon, your guy there with the Packers. Again, one of the reasons why I think that Aaron Jones, if he can stay healthy, might have a big role. Minus 16. And then Ramondre Stevenson minus 13. Those are the guys who are really hurting their teams by underperforming. And then number 32 overall, getting back to the rankings, is Joe Mixon. So in this tier here, we have a bunch of players from the reverse leaderboard but column we know that it's not all about efficiency number one volume is going to rule the day in many cases and number two that efficiency could bounce back so as you're looking at this tier that's a bigger tier here a little flatter tier where am i too high where am i too low this is a tier where it has players that you can be enthusiastic and excited about if the opportunity grows and then it has veterans who have an opportunity who it's very hard to get excited about um so like I talked about the situation with the Lions, I think Gibbs is in a fair spot there, but it's going to be a case that he's going to have to be very efficient with the chances he gets to hit anything like we had hoped he would have when we were drafting in the, the preseason. The one, Sean, I think I, I mentioned the word controversy is uh, Jaleel McLaughlin has looked great. I, I still think that I would have Javante Williams, and we are recording this before Thursday Night Football for people who will be listening to it after, depending on what happens there. I think I'd still give that edge to Javante. I think the team will give him the chance to be the starter. How We talk in situations how the younger player, the rookie, could come in and take that work. I think that's where we are now. If Javante doesn't you know, do some big things in the next two to three weeks, coming back off that injury. The player, Sean, I think that could be pushed up a little bit higher here is Jalen Warren. He's at uh, 25. I think we could push him up to you know, 19, 20 in this kind of range um i think that we talked about it in the preseason that he's coming for that starting job and the staters have not really been good on offense but they they are much better when he is there versus when they have Najee harris and that spot uh and the other one as well that i could probably do that i, I mentioned derrick henry in the previous tier tajay spears at 27 could probably push up a little bit The you know if you're looking for players that i potentially would swap them with would be the likes of damian pierce um and jerome ford I, I think that Ford will have some tough days moving forward the rest of the season here with partly because of the offense and how much the Browns are going to struggle, how that quarterback situation is evolving, and just how good Chubb is when he is healthy and when he's in there. I think it's, you know, people thought that that might just be a case that he goes in there and replaces that, and obviously that's not possible with how good Nick Chubb is. So all pretty all pretty fair but it has kind of a list when i'm sure the listeners hear us going through that they know exactly the players that we're probably not looking to have on on rosters but i think they are fairly ranked overall but i i want to give a shout out to warren to push him up a, a little bit higher i also think sean that we'll change it up a bit for the last portion of the show here instead of giving away all 65 stats tier seven tier eight is there any guys in here that from the start of the season to now i guess more on the ascendant side there's some players in this like a nice harris in tier seven who is is sliding down 
Miles Sanders sliding down. But is there any players here that are have the potential to make you know a, a drastic step forward here before the end of the season? I guess players that if people are looking for a third or fourth running back on their roster for that little bit of of depth that maybe people should target with with what you've seen over the first four weeks, five weeks. Yeah. So uh, t- first of all, to start there with tier seven, we're going to have a lot of the guys who are really in pretty similar situations where the contingent plays like Zach Charbonnet, you'd mentioned that people were still confident in his ascension. I think that that makes sense and you should probably be drafting them around the same spot. I also think that we were correct in Harris more or less losing his starting job. And then with guys like Rashad White and Miles Sanders, the workload has been there, but the performance hasn't locked that in to where that part of it still looks mostly right and that they have to actually go out there and do something now to just maintain the scoring level that already isn't difference making for you. So it's kind of that small win, big loss type of player. Of course, if they do make that step over the second half of the season, it becomes a much bigger win. You move down to tier eight, similar types of elements there. Obviously, James Conner, I think, was doing a better job than White and Sanders, but he gets hurt. That takes him and you know almost pulls him out of the equation when you consider just how limited the run game value was in Arizona. I think because he's played so well, it gives us the impression that the Cardinals were creating more value in the running game than they actually were. They're still at the bottom of the league in that. I guess I don't know that I have guys who are great breakout options other than saying, I think you want to be careful about completely selling Kendra Miller because as that team evolves over the final two thirds of the year, they're going to, really want to give him a shot at the expense of their veteran back if he becomes clearly the future. There's probably a little bit of upside in Chuba, even though that offense doesn't look particularly good. I think Jordan Mason is interesting. Out of San Francisco, you're getting some rhetoric about how he needs to be the backup that's sticking with Elijah Mitchell who can't stay healthy is just hurting the team's preparation. I think Mason is a guy you want to end. You want to add to the end of teams there. Keaton Mitchell, somebody we mentioned from time to time. I still I like him. And I'm still, yeah, I'm still, I mean, if, if your roster is deep enough, I'm still stashing Zach Evans and Sean Tucker. Those are situations again, where the starter is, not somebody who's going to hold off a back who makes a move. Now, those guys may never make a move, right? Sean Tucker has been swarmed under in the backfield on any attempts he's gotten this season and has appeared to at least temporarily lose the backup job. But again, when you're talking about the backup jobs, when you're talking about the upside as a season progresses, you do want to be focusing on the talent. So when you have guys who put up big total production numbers in college and are more athletic don't let early season rookie foibles completely move you off of them. Now, I'm not saying it's a lock by any stretch, and it's only a situation where you would stash them if you have spots. They're going to be on your watch list more than on your roster right now. Don't forget about some of those players. Don't forget about Pierre Strong. Again, in really deep leagues there. I don't know that there are any great answers about clear-cut guys once we get into the range you're talking about, but 
we're going to get some surprises. That's one of the things that you do know. When I mean, you think about 2021 and where guys like Sony Michelle, Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny, the true tournament winners from that year, in week five, going into week six, you'd be laughing at the idea that that was how it was going to turn out. That's why this is so much fun. We're going to get some twists and turns. The roller coaster of fantasy football at the running back position going to continue to take us through some spins and twirls as we go through the rest of this campaign. You, you stole my joke, Sean. I was going to say 61 is Devin Singletary and 72 is Rashad Penny, and the season hasn't even started for those guys yet. Hasn't so we'll even see, started. We'll see what happens, but there's going to be twists, there's going to be turns, and there's going to be surprises. As Sean mentioned, there's going to be names down here based on injuries, based on performance that will still have a role to play. So as I mentioned, there is 62 key stats in this. It goes all the way down to 73 players. I will link it in today's show notes. Head on over and check it out. We will be back on Monday, hopefully, with a Road of His Overtime Week 6 recap show. Sean is heading traveling for a little bit of time. We are going to try and keep the shows going with pre-recorded shows. The recap show this week will be obviously not pre-recorded because although we like to think Sean we can tell the future we are not that good that we can know exactly what is going to happen ahead of time but we may have some guests on as well with a lot of stuff to keep you entertained we hope as we move through these next couple of weeks but that is going to do it for today's edition of Road of His Overtime my name is Colin Kelly you can follow me on Twitter at Over to Marland my co-host is Sean Siegel check out all of Sean's work including today's piece up on rotaviz.com and until we are back have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.